Well, well, howdy, howdy, Mark. Well, well, howdy, howdy there, Johnny. How are you, buddy? You know, man, uh, I'm doing good, but I could always be doing better. Oh, yeah? What's going on, man? Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, you know, Germany, it's, it's, it's fun, it's nice, it's been rainy out here real nice and, and all that sort of stuff lately. I guess that's a thing where I'm at is oh, you're supposed to get like 10 days of rain out of every month of the year. So, oh, awesome. like, lots of rain. Yeah, like, a, something like 100 days of rain a year here. It's pretty sweet. Like, it's definitely a change from Colorado where I'm... Shit, dude. If you see rain, it's, like, once every three years. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> at least that's... Maybe that's just what it feels like to me. But, you know, it just sucks because it comes... At this point, it's come at the most inopportune moments. Because I was doing really, really good the other day out on okay. the mini golf course. There's a mini golf course out by the Rhine, man. Okay. Yeah, it's so it's not very far from where my wife works. And, and after work one day, we just went out there with a couple of her coworkers, and we're having some beers because, you know, German people are super cool. They just <laughs> drink beer everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. And we're playing putt-putt and I'm doing really, really good. And all of a sudden it's just like, nope, we're going to down like downpour and this like torrent comes everywhere and shit. And like it, it just really sucks because... I don't know. There's not a lot of golf courses in Germany, and I'm like nine, 95, we'll say 90, 96.5% sure that there was a really famous golfer there when I was there this last week. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, I'm, I mean, I'm just sitting there, and I'm enjoying my little putt-putt and stuff, and I see this guy, and he's working on his short game, and I'm like, dude, your knees, they, they look so jacked up. Like, he's actively wincing every time he even just like bends over to pick up a fucking ball out of the out of the hole and i'm like god what is wrong with that and then his back is all jacked up and all this other stuff and i look up and i'm like no there's no way there's absolutely no way one because i don't see any crazy swedish women around him and two Mm -hmm. what the hell would he be doing in the middle of a putt-putt course in the rhine lo and behold the most famous of all asian golfers mark one tiger woods what yeah yeah can you imagine that and he walks up to me he's like you know i don't i don't see a lot of other white people around here just a bunch of asians you want to come and do a a round of golf with me and i'm like i'd love to except for i have no umbrella because it's raining like shit out here and i have to go record the dangle podcast (laughs) i'm really glad that in this situation he told Tiger Woods, that you couldn't hang out with him because you had to record with my dumbass. <laughs> hey, everybody, welcome to Dangle Podcast, where we embellish stories about professional athletes. <laughs> yes, welcome back to the Dangle Podcast, the weekly King of the Hill podcast, where I, Mark, and my good buddy, Johnny, we take two episodes of the beloved adult animation classic, King of the Hill, and we talk about the goods and the bads and the highs and the lows, and then we slap it with our patented rating system, and Johnny... You just want to jump on into this one, good buddy? Uh, let me take a swig of this excellent German beer. Thank you. <clears throat> draws like a pencil. It just draws like a pencil. Just went down the wrong hole here. Um, yes, let's get this kicked off. <laughs> That's a golf joke. <laughs> Ayo. Uh, <laughs> um, really big show. Okay, really, I got to focus here. Mark. We are on episode 119, A Man Without a Country Club. Uh, I don't know what that's a reference to, do you? 
Man Without a Country. It's a short story, and I forget by who, and I want to say Hemingway, and I talked all that good shit last week. We're just going to look it up really quick. <laughs> yeah, look it up. Uh, you can look that up while I tell you the original air date was April 14th, 2002. Uh, this is written by Kit Boss. We've seen quite a bit from Mr. Kit Boss. And our cast of characters for this episode, Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotrieve, Boomhauer, Khan, Mid, Super, Super, Wow. Khan and Min, Super Nusimpone, Ted and Cindy Wasana Song. I think this is our first introduction to Cindy Wasana Song, and maybe even Ted. Yes, it is. We've met Chain, but I think this might be one of the first times we've seen them all. Really, uh, Mr. Ho see and him, Mr. Yeah. Tran. Yeah. Yes. Pinch me, Mr. Ho. <laughs> um, and the and the uh, short story is the man without a country is Edward Everett Hale, not Hemingway. So I don't feel okay. that bad. Yeah. No, no, no worries, no worries. Uh, Mark a synopsis for you. Hank finds himself of a member of the most elite country club in Ireland, but comes to learn a very special lesson about racism. Guys, it's going to be one of those episodes, and I've already had quite a few to drink, so buckle up. He's super white. <laughs> he is super white. <laughs> so our A-story characters for this episode, Hank, Khan, and Ted Wasanasong. We'll just call him Ted. Mm-hmm. Um, let's, uh, let's jump right into notes, man. Yeah, sure. You want me to go? You want to go? Go for it. All right, number one, I think a lot of this episode is lost in me because I don't give a fuck about golf. Um, They blew their animation budget. We haven't had a blow your animation budget in a hot minute. I don't even remember the last one I shouted out. Like, the last one was, will not you pee my neighbor? Yeah. Um, But they um they blew their animation budget on the on Khan's description of the fourth hole. Wow, what yes, a beautiful scene rivers. there. Yeah. Um, you already called this one out. Cindy. Ted's wife's name is Cindy. There was one episode way back when, and you go, does Ted's wife even have a name? I'm like, I don't know. I don't remember. And it's Cindy. <laughs> um, yeah. Chicken fried is Khan's N-word for the rednecks. Anything is chicken fried or hillbilly or redneck, and boy, chicken fried is his, like, that's his modifier. <laughs> he weigh you down like chicken fat anchor. <laughs> this chicken fried nightmare. Come on, Con Junior, yes. we take you out. Yeah. Um Yeah. Um Are they talking about Sriracha? The guy, the hot sauce magnate from Vietnam who has a rooster that on feels the like bottle. It. I I don't is Sriracha Vietnamese? I don't know. I think it's written in Thai characters, but whatever. Um I'm not sure, but it's in a, every Vietnamese restaurant, so that's a safe assumption. Yeah, and I just didn't bother to look it up because it's hot sauce and who the hell cares. Um, And finally, this is just a weird note of continuity. When did Hank sell tractors? We know that before working for Strickland, he worked at Jeans West. And even says that I left Jeans West because I wasn't comfortable. So, like, I kind of thought it was Hank. Like, chronologically, Hank would have gone to high school, graduated Arlen, gone to Jeans West, met Buck Strickland, then jumped over to Strickland. I don't know, whatever, I don't care. Johnny notes. No, like that's a it's a good call out because I also fail to remember when he would ever have the opportunity to sell that. To to sell tractors, like that doesn't make any sense to me. Because I don't uh, think he does. Okay. I don't know. I love that they they're continuing. So I, unlike you, I am a fan of golf, and I like that Hank is also a fan of golf. It fits very well with his character. 
We've seen okay. this before. He's watched it in one of my all-time favorite episodes, probably my favorite of all of season one, uh, King of the Ant Hill. He's he's watching golf at the very end just because of the grass. He, mm-hmm. he likes the game. He loves the lawn care. Mm-hmm. And to me, that that is so... Hank Hill, it's it's like un-American to think of him as not a a, a fan of, of lawns and anything grass and lawn adjacent. And you, you don't get people that freak freak out about grass and lawns more than golf people. Mm-hmm. It's it's insane to me. Um so I, I love that that is a, a continuity through line. Um stacked ballots or not, whether it was it was totally rigged or not. I wouldn't give two shits. I would totally play a round of golf golf with Tiger Woods just to say I did. I mean, that guy has made stupid amounts of money. He's one of the like highest paid athletes in the history of all athletes because of all of the endorsements that he's had. Okay. And yeah, it's, I I watched a, I think it's either two or three parts. There's a, a documentary on him and why he was such a big deal that's on HBO. And I say, if you have any interest whatsoever, I know that your lady is a big fan of like sports documentaries and shit. I'd say mm-hmm. throw it throw it her way, and you can listen to some of it too. It's super interesting to hear about his life growing up, and then like just how just how much he has sacrificed to continue to play golf, and like how jacked up he really is because he has played it since he was like six years old. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because that guy he's he has got like the most fucked up knees and back oh it's oh so it, you were a kid when you said his knees were all weird no like he it's it, yeah like years and years and years of essentially just like swinging and using your knees and your hips and your back for like all of your torch torsion and your power like mm-hmm. yeah it's it has completely just like essentially blown out his knees and back oh wow okay <laughs> you should look it up man it's like i said super interesting um check and it then, out yeah finally you're gonna find that this is my one of my biggest cons about this whole episode is that it in this day and age it does not fly in the pc uh culture but i i always jump at the opportunity to quote the uh the cohen brothers whenever i get a chance and mark dude oriental is not the preferred nomenclature (laughs) asian americans please please (laughs) <laughs> At one point, Hank calls him out and says, isn't this club all, all Oriental only? Mm-hmm. And it, it, Oriental is not the preferred way to speak about people from Asia anymore. They are Asians or Asian Americans, depending on you know where they want to go. And it's it, you can tell that Hank is not a hateful person. He's not trying to say it to be a bigot. And if you, if you called him out on it and said, hey, please use this term, Hank probably would. He wouldn't have an issue with it. You go, oh shit, okay, cool, we're good. By the way, for all but of Wasana you But song totally does, and it's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For all of you listening that seem to think that Hank would have voted for Trump, this is exactly the reason why he wouldn't vote for Trump, because Trump is a fucking weird, hate-mongering fuckboy, and Hank doesn't have anything to do with that. He goes, oh shit, I don't mean to make anyone feel bad, like, I'm just trying to find the right words here. Anyway, sorry, not to jump on a weird little bandwagon. This is when, when people talk to me about how Hank Hill is such a, a conservative and he voted for Bush, so he would have voted for Trump. I pull out shit like this to say, nope, he would have fixed that right then and there. That's who Hank is. Let's get to some pros, man. Pros. I'm sorry. I jumped ahead of you a lot there. I got really excited with that whole Oriental bit, too. I like that a lot. I like yeah. how he says in this Oriental club and Ted goes, you mean Asian? 
And then even Peggy kind of, like... Because then they had that scene later, and she's like, isn't that an all-Asian club? And, like, now we've evolved from... um, uh, from Westy's side story, Peggy's not calling it Oriental. Good, good on you guys. We're showing growth. Yeah, and that's great. I love it. Anyway, pros. Um, I like the little golf map. I don't know what you call it. You might know the little map of the green or whatever. Yeah, it's it's tacked on the wall. It's just a little sight gag, but it's like yeah, that's it's, the, yeah, the third like hole the whole marker. Screen. I like that. Yeah, thank you. That's yeah, I like that a lot. They just have that. It's cute. Oh God, got the burps here because I'm also drinking beer at seven in the morning. Um, hey. Well, I want us to be on the it's same eight. level. Otherwise, like it's weird. It's eight. You're good. It's eight. I'm good. It's it's four o'clock in Deutschland, so it's all good. It's almost. It's yeah. It's almost four twenty. You're good, buddy. Blaze it. Um, Bill trying to get out of the golf bin. Or oh 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 oh, <laughs> that's what it is. Sorry, him trying to golf out of the garbage bin. Holy shit, that's funny. Like it this is. is good, Bill. This isn't Bill being a pant load. This is Bill having confidence in himself that he can golf out of a trash can, and that's hilarious. I, I want to think that all the other guys know the the rule because there's a rule in golf basically about you take a I think it's a stroke or two stroke penalty if you need to drop it behind you, but you would pick a ball up if it's in an area where you can't get it out of and drop it behind your shoulder and then hit it from there. Mm-hmm. And you take a penalty for it, but and all the guys know this, but they're not going to tell Bill that because it's funny as shit to watch him try and hit it out of the can. <laughs> yeah. Um. Again, it's a golf bit. There's no way that's going to happen twice, Dale. <laughs> yes, yes. But I'm glad that Dale brought <laughs> it up just so that we could hear the ridiculousness of that it happened once. Yeah, I really like that a lot. Um. Dale in his golf bag legs, and he's like Frankenstein chasing Bill around. That's hilarious. <laughs> yes. There's a lot, a lot of good, of good visual gags, gags in this. Yeah. Um, God damn, we're on the same page or what, John? Um, mm-hmm. It's almost like I'm dreaming, Johnny. Why don't you pinch me, Mr. Ho? Oh. I love that. I love the sincerity and the, like, that line delivery is the perfect line delivery. Like... Mike Judge is Hank Hill is seeing this in real time and holy shit that's great. Um Yeah. Um Ted with Sana song. Not getting the joke about the I'm part of the PGA, the Propane Gas Association, waiting a beat. Ha, 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 ha. You are out of control. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. And then this might be my favorite moment, I'm not sure. But, um, well, no, actually it is, because I wrote it as my favorite moment. So we'll just get there when we get there. How about you, buddy? Um, so I, let's see here. Oh, we're on to prose here. Uh, yes, sorry, sir. I almost like started, I almost started reading off my notes again. Um, prose. I like the very limited use of Bobby in the first, like, five minutes of this episode. And it's really just him getting to hold the little shush baton. Mm-hmm. And it works on Peggy. He gets to tell Peggy to shut up. And yet it doesn't work on Khan because Khan's like, no, 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 no. And just like pushes it out of his hand. I think it's fantastic because it's a perfect role for Bobby. It keeps him involved. You know that he enjoys golf because he went and does it with, he went and played already with Mr. Strickland. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's an interesting, interesting way to keep him involved. And Willie Nelson. And Willie Nelson. Yeah. Bobby really, he knows a lot about golf. Um, 
let's see here, the dance animation that we get from Khan. That's my favorite animated moment of probably this season so far. It's not the, the, the Nine Rivers moment where we get to see all of Hole 4. It's the moment where they all walk away and like Khan is in the background just like dancing to himself. Mm, okay. I don't know if you noticed that or not, but it's 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 one of those examples that you and I have brought up multiple times of these are human characters that are animated. Mm-hmm. Because it's not just your traditional dance. Um, and then the last pro I have in here is one that I, I feel like we get to say now and you and I are going to get to refer back to or we will we'll say multiple times going forward. And it may be controversial for some people in our community, some people in the King of the Hill community. But okay. you know what? I think at, I'm to the point now where I'm willing to state it out loud and defend it if somebody wants to fight me on it. I think that the best quote-unquote bad guy in this entire series is Ted Wasanasong. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I he he's got better stakes than people like Buck Strickland. He has got he's more menacing and can do more damage than people like Fatherton. Every time Ted Wasanasong is in an episode, it gets elevated to the next level. Because mm-hmm. you know that he's not just screwing with Khan. That's his primary person that he screws with, yes. But he has enough influence and reach to screw with any of the guys. And usually it's it's to Hank's detriment. Now, mm-hmm. uh, this is going to get controversial because a lot of people absolutely fucking despise like the pinnacle of him being a dickhead to not just Khan but to everybody. When he builds the McMansion in the middle of their fucking rainy street. Oh, okay. I have not I have never seen so much backlash in a community for an episode than I have in the King of the Hill episode for that one episode. Like so many people hate it. Mhm. So, you know, I I'm just I'm going to go through it and I'm going to say if you hate it because Wasana Song is a te- like he's a terrible person and he's a great bad guy. But oh, he's, guys, he's fantastic. He yes ands Khan into almost dying to yes, join a paramilitary right? unit. Like, that right? whole banana episode. Holy shit, dude. Like... Yeah. He man, raises for the not, stakes for everyone. Yeah. For not having what I assume is Asian writers. Goddamn. Ted Wasanasong is the greatest Asian villain we've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and then another pro I want to point out here, because this show does a really good job of, of recognizing individual culture they have since the very beginning when they ask Khan, are you Chinese or Japanese? He says, I'm Laotian. And then immediately Cotton shows up and says, no, he ain't. He's Laotian. And they make a delineating factor of, nope, he is from this, this area. Mm-hmm. And there is a difference between this, this, and this. And they do that at a point in this when Hank says, what are they saying to each other? I don't know. I don't speak Chinese. Yeah. You're not just assuming that every Asian character can understand every Asian character. And I really appreciate that they delineated that. So that's a pro yeah. for me. Well, it's good. Um, it's you're, it's broad. It's not broad strokes, but it's like the broad strokes of representation. But then at the same time, like, what are they saying? How the hell should I know? Like, it's great. Yeah. No, exactly. It'd be, it'd be like... They're speaking German. What? I'm white. You think I speak German? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. well, yeah. Okay. No, even so from where I'm at in Germany and from some of the friends that I've got, two languages that are very similar and yet completely fucking different are German and Dutch because they're right next to each other. The Netherlands and Germany are right next to each other and they share a lot of different sounds. 
But mm-hmm. I have a friend named Robin who is Dutch, and I have tried to listen to him speak in his own fucking language, and it doesn't sound a goddamn thing like anything German that I've ever fucking heard. Now, yeah. written out, they look very similar, but when you hear it, no, I would not be able to follow, even, even if I spent two years learning German, I probably would not be able to follow a fucking Dutch conversation. They're very fucking different. Yeah. So, yeah, like it's, I, I got to give these guys some so wait, credit because so many So wait, what you're saying, Johnny, just... is that we're all different and that like <laughs> everybody is like different and unique and like maybe we ought to celebrate the differences in our culture and understand that we're all different and unique instead of, hey, fuck you because we're all the same color. Now, I don't care for that, mister. Dirty pool, dirty pool. <laughs> hey, man, we all need to be a little multicultural and that doesn't mean just saying fuck off, we're all American and we all need to be American and be a part of this great, wonderful melting pot. It means you can be American, but you can also definitely retain some of your fucking Laotian heritage and understand that Laotians and Chinese people aren't the same fucking thing. Anyway, let's get to cons, man. (laughs) Black people should not be in Lord of the Rings. Okay, no. (laughs) Gotta stop. Three in a row. (laughs) It is. I'm still mad about it. Like, you guys. It's so insignificant. That's why you're mad. Like it's, and maybe it's that's like, it. Fuck, dude. But we're all this character's all on screen so for less than five minutes. Also, that I mean, I, granted, you and I did talk off mic about how Duran's wife should have been just Catherine and Jimmy, but that's just because <laughs> it would have been funnier. Like, but yeah. also maybe we don't need to boil everything down to ten Lord of the Rings actors being in King of the Hill. I don't know. Um, oh my god. Anyway, where are we at? I'm sorry, I got horned up. <laughs> Uh, we were at Johnny Hardwick doing Gollum. Um, Mark, we were at cons. <laughs> we takes the ring, precious. We takes it from them and leads them up the steps, precious. Sco, sco, sco. Up, up, up the <laughs> stairs, precious. Wingo, she eats the... <laughs> Stupid Is that Bill Hobbit. Get- <laughs> Okay, anyway. Guys, I want to be abundantly clear here. I think it's great that there are fucking not white people in Lord of the Rings. Moving on. Um, what are we talking hold on. about? No, hold on. Hold on. Before we move on, if if, if there is any way possible, if, if there is somebody out there that is listening to this that just so happens to hit the lottery, win a shitload of money, have, I don't know, like, be cousins with Jeff Bezos... We need to have a full-on table read of all three Lord of the Rings movies, and we will assign different characters to it. I want to hear it. I want to record it. I want to have it just for me. Like, please. Okay, we need to kick into madness really quick here then. Um, Okay. Um, I need Lord Elrond to be Cotton. Oh, God, yes. (laughs) Um, Arwen is, of course, bad Spanish Peggy. When she's, like, speaking in Elvish, yes. but, like, yes. with bad Catherine and Jimmy Peggy accent. Um, All right, Bobby, who's, who's, Joseph, our, who's our main three? Dooley. Okay, so the main three, um, Bill is Boromir, because Boromir's a pant load, durr. Okay. Boomhauer is Legolas. <laughs> okay. Dale is Gimli. Okay. Um... Who's Gandalf? 
Uh, Hank is Gandalf because we're going to make Khan Aragorn. <laughs> I'm a servant of the sacred fire, I tell you what. Wield a road the blue flame of Arnor. Dark fire shall not avail you. Asinine flame of Uldun. <laughs> no. Fly, you giblet head. <laughs> and as he's falling down with the Balrog. Boah! I'm just trying to think of, it is not this day. I want Aragorn's final speech right in front of the gates of fucking Mordor done by Khan. A day may come when the strength of men fails. Today is and, not that day. And just because I want to hear ridiculous speeches out of ridiculous characters, guess who's going to play our Lord of the fucking Rohan? It's gonna be Lucky. <laughs> I can't do a good Lucky, but all I can hear is where was Gondor speech. Yeah. I can't either. Okay, guys, stay tuned. Mark and I are going to, to to flesh this out, and then we will give you our ideal Lord of the Rings slash King of the Hill cast. It's going to be great. All right, the four hobbits. Bobby is Frodo. Um, Dooley is Mary. Connie okay. is Samwise. And then Joseph is Pippin. Mm, it's because... got to be either Joseph or it's got to be Clark Peters. Nah, dude, because Joseph is already dumb enough to be Pippin throughout the entire goddamn thing. Yeah. God, we gotta find somebody for Clark Peters name. Clark Peters can be Gollum. I was just gonna say Clark Peters Gollum. Go, go ahead. Give me give me a little bit of Clark Peters Gollum. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I gotta get I gotta get my myself into into mode here and I gotta remember a good Gollum line. Um oh, let's see. You stupid fat hobbitses. It ruins it. <laughs> What do you mean, ships? You can keep those lasted ships. I want it raw and wriggling. <laughs> oh my god, it's all too good. Oh, and Buck Strickland is a uh, Saruman. <laughs> Goddamn. Today, you're going to feast on man flesh. Hey there, old top. Build me an army worthy of Mordor. I can't do con. Hey, old old top. No, it's okay. I can't either. I can't do uh, a good Buck Strickland. Hey there, old top. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Mark, we're moving on to cons because we have a whole other episode to get to. Oh my god, I don't even care. I want to do this from now on. I want to do the dang old rings right now. <laughs> oh god. Mm. So good. And I just want Peggy to say every other like character that isn't already assigned. Yeah. I want her as the voiceover in the beginning that's describing everything. She really She's needs Galadriel. to be. She needs to be Galadriel, yes. <laughs> Once it much was, no longer is. Okay. okay, cons, Mark. Cons. Okay, we're done. Cons, here we go. Cons. Um, number one, why doesn't Hank get it? Yeah, whatever. I don't care. Plot reasons. That's all I've got. I really like this episode. I don't have cons okay. for it. I understand where like it might be problematic, but at the same time, it's really cool to see racism existing from a not white perspective. And then also I really feel bad for Khan. Like, throughout this entire episode. Because he even makes a point. So, like, Hank is talking about, like, oh, I wouldn't fit in there. And Khan goes, oh, yeah, what's that like? I wonder. And, like, 
man, you feel bad for Khan. And yeah, we're supposed to hate Khan. Yeah, he's the foil for Hank. Yeah, he's the anagram for Hank. Like, man, I, you feel for Khan because this is all he wants. And this stupid chicken fried hillbilly next door just gets it. Like, and Ted knows that it hurts him. Ted's a piece of shit. We already know that he's a piece of shit. And he just does. Like, I don't, I don't have cons. This is a great episode. Like, I understand there's, there might be problems with it, but fuck, man, it's so good. What about you? So my biggest con in this episode is the fact that it is so race-based. Like, okay. it seems, and, and it's because it seems very, like, after-school special for me. Okay. You know, like, it's like, I feel like the writers are being cute and saying, see, racism can can happen on both sides. Well, yes, it fucking can. This is the same concept of, like, all lives matter versus black lives matter. What you're failing to understand is one one subsection of people has shit significantly fucking worse than the rest. Or than most, we should say. And, like, that doesn't change. It, like, oh, yes, the fucking exception doesn't prove the rule. Yes, white people can get discriminated against too, but I don't know. It it feels weird. It feels like it it shouldn't be quite so race baity. That's my biggest con with this. Um, and then there's a lot of just random ass weird shit that even said in in correct context, it's still okay. really hard for me to swallow because you and I've been living in PC America like mindset for the last five ten years. the The fact that Hank specifically says when they go to eat dinner. I sure hope they have forks. I'm like, oh, God, that's a fucked up line to say. I mean, sure, but, like, is it? I don't... Again, I, this he's is, not this wrong. Goes back, this goes back... I wrong. think this is where you and I kind of argue about, like, is Westy Side Story racist or is it ignorance? And we're, like, talking about the ignorance of a white dude in suburban Texas who grew up having his dad scream at him about how he killed 50 Japanese men that then blew off his shins with a machine gun and probably never yes. saw an Asian person. Like, it's these little bits. Like, we now yes, have... but... This is the second Asian family Hank has ever met in the Wasana songs. The second one. That's true, but also there has been a marked past, a pass of time. Like, a marked growth. Between Westy side, side Story and this episode. So he shouldn't still be saying shit like, I sure hope they have forks. Sure. He should sure. know better. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Um, If I can but, not counter, but I want to... No, yeah. Because you're talking about like, oh, it's the all lives matter. Yeah, all lives don't matter. The universe is a fucking uncaring place. Um, right, August right, Wilson right. said, through the uh, specific, we attain the universal. He's the African-American playwright wrote Fences. Um, you might remember okay. from that. But I yeah. like that quote. Through the universal, or through the specific, we attain the universal. So, like, um, Khan is being singled out from the all-Asian country club because the guy on the board doesn't like him. Right. Like, Khan is being singled out. Hank will be singled out from things, I'm sure, at some point. And from there, we get character growth and, like, uh, um, unity between two characters. And I right. like that They're, idea. Yeah. And they it's, are both I like being singled out. Just one is positive and one is not. I don't know. I used to drive a truck for Budweiser down here in Alamosa, and I was literally the only white guy that worked there. And okay. like 
it was a weird experience for me because like I can speak Spanish and like I didn't let on that I spoke Spanish because I don't like to overplay my hand and and I never want to like Peggy Hill myself you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah I, I would never roll into the office and be like Buenos dias amigos como están ustedes hoy like I would never ever do that you know what I mean but like right there was one like they used to talk shit about me in Spanish all the time right to my fucking face and I didn't say anything because like whatever you rib the new guy it's what you do. And also, like, yeah. they also talk good shit about me. It's like, yeah, fucking A, right on. But then one day somebody told a joke in Spanish, and I laughed my ass off. And suddenly I went from being Mark to Marcos, and it was just this weird, like, shift. And it's like, <laughs> man, everybody is discriminated against. Like, it's just a thing. And I like that Khan is getting discriminated against. I think it's a great thing because we're getting to see that from a different angle and bent. And I really like that. It's better than fucking, your dog is racist because that's an episode that doesn't ha yeah. handle discrimination and racism well. Fuck you, Bernie Mac. Rest in crap, King. I hate you. I don't know. Like, I'm done. I'm horned up. I'm sorry. We're three beers no, in. We've been recording for a minute. <laughs> You're good, buddy. That's that's all I have for cons here, man. So we're about ready to wrap this episode up. Well, we got some favorite moments, though, I hope, right? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. You want to start or you want me to start? Go for it, man. Um, so every single time, I laugh every single time I hear Khan's speech after he he has his martini set just obliterated by a golf ball. Mm -hmm. His, hey, monkey. Go down to, <laughs> what is, I, it's like Pier 1 William or something Sonoma. like that. William Sonoma. and get me a new martini set. I always laugh because it's like, oh, you were reminding me that you just think the absolute fucking lowest of these guys. Yeah. Um, I also lose it every single time I see Dale just club Bill in the knee. <laughs> and then talk about how Boomhauer's got a bad got shoulder. Bad shoulder. And just, and he just, like, is so menacing and threatening with him. And then he still gets his way. Hank watched him beat the shit out of Bill's knee and still is going to let him go. <laughs> like, oh, my God. That's, I just, it, the way he says, but Boomhauer's got a bad shoulder and then rears back to just wail on him. Oh, my God. Knowing what we know about Boomhauer, how did... How did, how did he not, like, call him out on that, by the way? Knowing what we know about Boomhauer and his profession, how did he just let him beat the shit out of Bill? You're not going to prosecute your best friend. You're not going to arrest your best friend. Fuck, I guess. Boomhauer's way yeah. more chill than some of the cops I've met. Fuck. Assault uh, it, with the deadly falcon. <laughs> yeah, but you can't control the falcon. Yeah, you can but control that fucking where that fucking put down. Like... Yeah. Just saying. He came, but he came back. <laughs> oh, he came back. <laughs> um, sidebar to that, I really like Ted's line. I should have wrote this, written this as a pro, and you kind of jog my memory. But what about the fat guy or the two skinny guys? Because Ted just wants the other like white guy to show up with yeah. Hank. I really like. I I like how racist Ted is. I think it's great. Like. He's yeah. super white. I, I think it's great. And then his weird little, like, Mr. Smithers bit of talk it over with your wife, Peggy, and son, Bobby, age 13. I like that a lot. And then, and yeah. then, and then, um, Dale going, I can't golf with you today. I have to go to the bank to deposit an unexpected check because <laughs> Khan yeah. paid him off. I just, I, man, there's so much good in this episode that I feel like we're kind of glossing over with fucking who would play who in Lord of the Rings. 
Yeah, this this episode is a good reminder that uh, white white people are not the only ones that are racist. That's something I think a lot of the fucking world needs to understand. If we learned one thing from the greatest musical ever written, Avenue Q, it's that everyone's a little bit racist. Yep. Favorite moment. Yes. Um, it's the end. It's that end scene there when they give Khan the membership to the Rainy Street Country Club. I really liked that <laughs> bit. It was in my prose. And then I got to thinking about it, and it kind of, like, touched me in a good way. And I was just like, God damn, that's such a sweet little moment. Like, because at first, like, first Khan opens the door. Fine, you can play through. And then, like, Hank holds up the club. Not in the face! And, like, Khan knows he's been an asshole. He's ready to get his comeuppance. And, mm-hmm. like... But then Hank gives him the shirt and he says, "Do or what does he say? Like green or dues are a twelve pack every just, three holes or whatever." And yeah, man, God damn, well, that's such. I a- think Hank sees how much it means to Khan to be a member of Nine Rivers, and then sees mm-hmm. that it gets taken from him and wants to make amends because Hank is a decent fucking human. Yeah, but also it's really fucked up. Okay, man without a country club. Khan is one of how many Asians? In Arlen, Texas. And as far as Probably we know, not a lot. three. Like, it's him and the Wasana songs. You know Mr. Ho lives in, what, Houston? I don't fucking know. It doesn't matter. Like... <laughs> Durndal. <laughs> sure. Durndal. Yeah. Like, uh, Khan does not have a cultural community, you know? And, like... Yeah. He's the only Laotian, except for Ted Wasana song. And all he wants to do is be a part of the Laotian community. And the only other one is Ted Wasana song, who, as you have already aptly pointed out, is a gatekeepery dickhead. And yeah, are the Super Nusimpones the best? No, they're not. But like, goddamn, Khan has that they line tried. of, oh yeah, I, my name was Smith. I changed it to Super Nusimpone for fun. Like, man, there's so much good Khan in this episode. And like, you really get to feel for him. And I, and here Hank is, and I'm reminded of uh, deconstructing Henry, or de- sorry, deconstructing Henry, when the when he goes, "You're my best friend, Hank," and Hank like takes a beat. I'm your best friend, like he is. Yeah, who else does this Con is have? why Hank? Yeah, this is who Hank. But like at the end of the day, they love each other, like or care, whatever. I I, I get kind of liberal with the word love, but they love each other. You know what I mean, like. Yeah, Hank is there. He's a good neighbor. Like him and Con went through Connie's journey into womanhood up aisle eight A together. Like he helps. He's just there. They're great. I'm getting horned up for like Hank and Con love. It's weird, but goddamn. I was gonna say it's important to establish this now because Con is basically going to be the guy that we fuck it that carries the last like four seasons of this series and makes it not fucking dog shit. So it makes me very, very heartened. True makes me very hard to hear you talk such good and high praise of Khan because those are the moments that I'm going to need to get to drag you through the fucking doldrums that is some of the last episodes of, of this show. It's really hard to watch without him. I mean, dude, catfisting with Khan is a great episode, and I hate Lucky and his D-Gen redneck crew. Like, but that's Med a daughter. great episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so our rating system, Mark, is as follows. The lowest of the low is charcoal. This is our F rank, bottom, low tier. A charcoal episode is, it's not good TV. You probably, I mean, if you can survive it through an initial watch through, you're never going to go back to it. But some people can't even do that. This is the type of episode that's going to turn you off from King of the Hill and make you never want to watch it again. 
Uh, right above that is our Megalo rating. A Megalo is kind of like a bronze tier. It's not much better than Charcoal, but it's at least watchable most times. You've got a fun guest star or two. You've got a decent story maybe, but it doesn't hold up very well or it's just got some other problematic issues with it. Uh, our, our Megalo episodes are just kind of eh, bottom of the barrel. You're going to have them on in the background. You won't pay attention. Just above that's a butane episode. It's a bastard of an episode because you love to hate it and you hate to love it. This is kind of like our silver rank. About half of it's usually pretty good. You've got some some fun stories. Maybe the A story or the B story is really good, but the other half isn't the greatest. Uh, a butane is something that you're going to put on in the background and you won't actively seek it out, but you're not going to turn the channel. You're going to go, oh yeah, I remember this one. Above that is our Char King. Our Char King episodes are the gold standard of King of the Hill. These are episodes that you will actively seek out. You're going to go, oh, I want to watch this one because I remember this bit being really, really funny. It's going to have a great guest star. It's going to have a lot of really fun moments. You're going to get some really good character growth out of somebody. The uh, uh, Char King episodes are ones that need a little bit of background, so you can't just seek them out without knowing a little bit about the universe of King of the Hill. If Mark and I both agree on an episode and call it a Char King, then it becomes a Char King Imperial. It's one step closer to that oh-so-fabled Blue Flame of Valor. The Blue Flame of Valor is our S-tier platinum-ranked episodes. They're not just the best episodes of King of the Hill, but they're the best episodes of television. A Blue Flame of Valor is an episode that you're going to show somebody to get them into the series. You're going to say, hey, you can watch this and without any context whatsoever, you're going to fall in love with it and understand why I have devoted 119 episodes at this point into a podcast. So, Mark, with that being said, on a scale of Blue Flame of Valor to Charcoal, or Charcoal to Blue Flame of Valor, if whichever way you go, what do you give A Man Without a Country Club? Um, I kind of feel like I got too horned up this episode about <laughs> losing the forest through the trees and who should be who in Lord of the Rings. But no, um, this is a great episode. I gave it a Char King. I think everyone ought to watch this. It's a really solid episode. Um, it, Like you were saying, it, it really... It really solidifies the relationship between Khan and Hank, and I think that's important. Like, Hank is tangentially friendly with the guys. They've been friends since high school, and I think that's why they're together now. But, like, Khan, and if you'll excuse the pun, is the Johnny-come-lately to Rainy Street, and Hank has begrudgingly come to care for and love Khan. Like, go yeah. look at The Sun That Got Away. Go look at Aisle 8A. Go look at Deconstructing Henry. All won't you pee of, my neighbor? Like, won't you pee my neighbor? Like, all of these are episodes where Hank and Khan grow together as humans, and I really, really love it. And yeah, Char King, goddamn, I might go watch this one again just because. And then at the same time, too, holy shit, do we get an amazing establishment of an amazing villain in Ted Wasana Song? Ted Wasana Song yeah. is a piece of shit. And hey, guys, look forward in the future when he like yes, ants Khan to like maybe going to like. He makes Khan into a proud boy, kind of, sort of, whatever you could yeah. call that. Like, yeah, and wow, that's great. And, like, he's just such a piece of shit, and it's great. We get a great, really, we should call this the introduction to the character of Ted. We kind of got his son, Chain, and yeah, fuck Chain, whatever. He's the biggest shank in my class, but yeah, <laughs> Char King. Oh, God. How about you, buddy? Uh, so I'm on the other side of the spectrum, man. But it's okay. because of uh, it's because of like it's it's very specific to if I'm there watching this with you versus not. So for the 
hundreds of people that are out here listening to this podcast, I don't get to sit down with you and watch this episode with you. For that reason, I have to give it a megalo. And really? I give it a megalo, yes, because I don't think it ages well in our age of cancel culture. I think that somebody coming from the outside in without any sort of context is going to see Hank making comments about needing chopsticks or using the word oriental. I think they're going to find those little tiny moments in this and ignore the rest of the beautifulness of this episode. And for that, I would say it's a megalo to most people. It's not a megalo because I hate it by any means because this episode is very watchable. I will actively Well, so what it is out. it to you then? Like, not to most people. What is it to you? Like, to me, if I don't, get to sit down don't, and watch it with if someone, if you're here it's a to just, like, if you're not gonna, if you're like trying to piss people or not try, piss people off, but you just say "fuck all listeners," we hate you guys. What are you gonna say? <laughs> it's a char king. Like, if 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 yeah. I get to watch this and grade it just for me, it's a char king. So it makes it an imperial on that. But I'm trying to contextualize this for the uh, the other people that are out here watching this and that may potentially want to show this show to someone else. I, I Unfortunately, man, people get canceled over the stupidest shit anymore. And yes, I'm all for freedom of speech and I'm all for fucking multiculturalism and equality and understanding the plight of other peoples. And weird-ass microaggressions like saying the word oriental shouldn't be as big of a fucking deal as they are, but they are. They really fucking are. And because of that, I have to I have to give it a megalo. So, I mean, it balances out, man, because with your Char King, it, it makes it a butane. Like, so it's a mega king. It's a king alone. It's it's a king alone. Yeah, fuck, dude. You talked to me about getting cute with our ratings. I like king alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just think that this this whole episode, because it's so like after school specially, it's a big red flag. Hmm. unfortunately but you make so many good compelling arguments in this like i said personally that is not my opinion at all my opinion is that it's a char king so okay but no no fuck you out. no this isn't what you think other people are gonna say like we both railed against bobby goes nuts and said fuck you to them because we know it's like one of the most beloved ones in the goddamn fan base for whatever reason like yes but that one's not going to get weird and political <laughs> Yes, it is, because why is Bobby in a woman's self-defense class? Man, fuck cancel culture. Fucking watch the thing and enjoy it for what it is. Don't, not yeah. you. I'm not yelling at you. I'm not yelling at you. I don't think I'm yelling at you. No, I know, no, I know you're not. I uh, just, that no, really bugs me. Like, I needed to preface okay, it with that. Drawn Together is purposely problematic, but it's also probably one of the greatest animated series who have ever existed. But it, like, goes out of its way to be shitty. I, never mind. I'm gonna quit talking. We we have another to- episode to talk about. Never mind. We, Sorry. We, we do, and and I just guys, I want to say, if you have some any prior tangential King of the Hill like knowledge of this, if this is not the very first episode you're fucking watching, then it's a Char King. That's how I should preface that. But if this is the very first one, it's a Megalo. You need to watch something different. You need to pick a different one. Okay, so this that? one is a thousand percent. Based off of you need the context. This is a reverse yes. blue flame of valor. It could be so great, yes. but you need all the goddamn context. Yeah, I really this, think you do. This to understand is picking up Green Lantern so post the Parallax arc, and you're like, what the fuck is Parallax? What the fuck is Hal Jordan? Okay, okay, I got you. I got you. I yes. Got you. Is that does that help make it, make it a little less like shitty, Mark? <laughs> I'm not mad at you. Don't think I'm upset. I just no, no. I, I really like this one. And then like your rationale of well, someone might watch it and want to cancel. It's like, man, fuck our society. I hate you guys. I hate you, fucking 
trigger happy idiots. God damn, every one of you fucking idiots. Just enjoy a thing for what it is. You <laughs> the, know, the like last... Josh so Josh and I just watched fucking Blazing Saddles, you know? Yes. And like, man, you can't watch Blazing Saddles in 2022 and enjoy it as I mean, I do because it's like my favorite fucking movie, but I'm the problem. We've clearly established through the run of this podcast that I'm the goddamn problem with society. But like, <laughs> man. I don't think that's the case, but okay. We should just be able to enjoy a thing. I don't, I'm going to stop talking. We, Johnny, let's jump on over to our next episode, Beer and Loathing. Let's go. We're going to get racist against Mexicans who are getting diarrhea from Americans. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, as you stated, our next episode, episode 120, Beer and Loathing, uh, that's clearly a reference to Fear and Loathing, uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. A Is it a novel or was it a newspaper, like a, not a newspaper, it's article, a, short a story magazine novel article, it? short story? By Hunter S. Thompson? Novella, novella. From Hunter novella, S. Thompson, yeah. yes. I like to call um, it Lost made- Wages. Made into a uh, very popular, very weird underground movie with Johnny Depp and Elijah Wood. Uh, Elijah Wood? No, not Elijah Wood. Uh, yeah. it's Toby Toby Maguire. Fuck me, they're the same person. I'm sorry, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, who's who is it that plays the Doc? Shit, I don't know. I I saw it one time. Oh, I can't remember his name. Um, he's a very famous uh, Latino Spanish actor guy. Danny anyway, Trejo. It's not Danny Trejo. I fucking wish. Carlos Izaraki. Um, guys, go and check out Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. It's it does a very interesting job of showing you what's what life is like when you take nine hundred fucking drugs all at once. So go check it out, guys. It's it's interesting. It's an interesting watch. Uh, original air date for this episode April fourteenth, two thousand and two. Uh, I just want to say that we are hmm, two years, almost exactly three years post Columbine. There you go. Because it's April, and I feel like I need to say it. Uh, <laughs> writing, ri- written by Eaton Cohen. Our cast of characters, it's short this week. Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotree, Boomhauer, uh, Teresa, and Conrad Meinhofer IV. Mark, do you recognize the voice actress for Teresa? No, it's real familiar, though. Who is it? She's in a lot of different stuff. Um, she is still currently a voice actress on a very popular Fox show called Bob's Burgers. Okay. Uh, you would know her more than anything else because you have a framed quote from her fictional husband and uh, fictional Megan ex-husband. Mulally. God damn it. Yes. And real husband in real life. Megan Mullally. Yes. Correct. Nick Offerman. Yep. Okay. Yes. That's yes, why. She is Tammy that, too. She's fantastic, by the way. I, everything that this woman is in, I I really like her. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Like, no, she's she's great. It's just every now... It was when I found out that she was Gail, and I'm like, wait a minute, is that fucking Megan Mal- Oh, god damn! Like, it's, you find out about it, you're not mad, but you're like, son of a bitch, am I that dumb? And yeah, the answer is usually I am, but... I, I do love her Gail, though. That's the guys spoilers for you that haven't seen the Bob's Burgers movie. That's the one big person that they did not get to show up in the fucking movie is Gail. And that's a damn travesty. Okay. Breaking once again, is it worth it? Cause I haven't watched it yet, but it's on every goddamn streaming service I subscribe to. Uh, my biggest issue with Bob's Burgers in general and has been for a very long time with almost anything that that writer does or that creator does, excuse me, is the use of music. I cannot mm. stand the Central Park show that they do um, on Apple Plus 
because it's all music oh. all the goddamn time. I hate it. I absolutely yeah. hate it. Uh, the Bob's Burgers movie has maybe three songs, and it feels like a very fun, long episode. If you like Fish Odor, if you like Teddy, if you like seeing Mickey again, fucking spoilers there, then yes, go watch it. It's worth it. It's worth your time. See, you just named my two most hated characters, so I think I'm just going to skip it. <laughs> Even then, in Perfect, then I saved you some, some trouble here. Guys, go watch Bob's Burgers movies if you like any of the characters I just fucking mentioned. Ah, let me get some wheel. I'll fucking talk to you in a week. I don't know. There you go. Uh, Mark, our synopsis for this episode, Texas is is in an Alamo beer drought, and the only person who knows why can't tell the guys. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So A story story characters here, Peggy and Hank. Uh, Let's get into some notes, Mark. Uh, Note number one. Uh, Hey, Johnny, check it out. It's a Peggy gets the job episode. I noticed that earlier. Like the third one is fucking season. Like, oh god. And she okay, is a homer. Maybe that's my problem with the B plot of ta- tanking it to the streets. Is we don't know what to do with Peggy if she's not getting a fucking job. Okay, next. Yeah. That's all I'm gonna say about it. Um, I don't understand the weird adherence to brand here, Johnny. Every time that you come to visit me, we go pick up how many different types of beer just for the fun of so getting to try many. a different type of beer. Like at this point, I don't like drinking the same beer twice. Like my usual go-to is PBR if I can't get anything else. But like, I don't want to just drink PBR. Like life is a garden and a cornucopia of beers. Guys, go drink everything. Yeah. But don't do it in Germany because they only have about five different ones. Do they really? It's, I mean, they're everywhere and I haven't been to any of the bars, but if you want to go to like the store, I haven't been to a liquor store, liquor store yet. But if you want to go to just the regular store where I'm used to in America, I mean, shit, dude, ever since Colorado passed the law where you can have craft beer of full strength in your grocery store, you can go and get about shit. 40 to 50 different kinds of beer at any given point in any grocery store. Shit, you can get close to 20 different kinds in almost any gas station. When you come here to Germany, you're looking at the same style of beer and you may get like four different kinds, like four different brewers of a style. Oh, wow. But none of it is, it's like Colorado craft beer and German beer are very, very different. I'm not seeing like you know, rhubarb green chili beer, like I would see in the middle of the valley. It's, oh, this is a Kolsch. This is a Kolsch by this brewery, and this is a Kolsch by this brewery, and this is a Kolsch by this brewery. They're all in and around Cologne. That's why they're called Kolsch, and no one fucking likes them except for the people in Cologne. Are they, like, different at all, or? Uh, A little bit. A little okay. bit. Um, I have it's found not like IPA to IPA to IPA across different breweries, or is it? It's not. No, no. I, like I mean, it's it's variations, yes, but like drastically different. No, it all tastes like German fucking beer. I'll give it okay. this. I can drink it warm. Like the whole big thing about Germans is they like it warm beer. They don't. They fucking like it ice cold, just like the rest of the world. So I'm gonna squash that right now. But it's good, good enough that I can drink it warm. Okay. Sorry, anyway. I didn't mean to like break in a beer hour there. Um, no, anyway. no, it's that's one of my notes as well. Is about craft beer, <laughs> so don't don't even sweat it, buddy. Um, Johnny, we've talked before about what is Alamo. If Alamo was a real beer, um, yes. it's PBR. 
Hank mentions yes. that it won the like great brew off of 18 whatever the fuck. PBR's claim to fame. <laughs> Why yep. it is Pabst Blue Ribbon is that it won the blue medal in 1844. It's also a 4.8. I did not know that. PBR's a 4.8. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, shit. Here we go. Blow my goddamn mind. Number one. Uh, PBR was established in Milwaukee, Wisconsin in 1884. It is currently based out of San Antonio, Texas. Okay. Um, and it was called the best of a reason. Huh? I said even more of a reason this is Alamo. Yeah, right. Um, originally called Best Select and Pap Select, uh, current name comes from the blue ribbons tied around the bottlenecks between 1882 and 1916. Hank says the Alamo claim to fame was that it won the best beer in 18-whatever-the-fuck and that's why, Johnny, in this TED Talk, I will tell you that PBR is Alamo. Alamo is PBR. Um, yes. They really blow their animation budget on the um, Hank and Peggy sitting in the kitchen scene. The, you know yes. where the dad and the son argue about who dented the car and patched it over with, with Hank, an Alamo? Yeah. With Hank sitting in the dark? I, I yeah. made a moment of that, yep. That is such a good moment for... you. Okay, again, we get so horned up for animation of these characters as real humans, as real people. The light and shadow. God damn. And as as, as a former like lighting technician, I'm sure you can get a little bit horned up for it too. Like, man, yeah. that is a great little scene there. And it's finally, such a good use. What what? I said it's such a good use of lighting. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Um, and finally, Hops is a girl dog, and that made me chuckle. I don't know why, but <laughs> how about you, notes, buddy? Uh, sure. So we're going to start off with the fact that I have been drinking for close to three hours now, and I'm drinking out of a very German beer stein. It holds a liter of beer at a time, and it's of this really cool uh, uh, brand called Lowenbrau, Mark. Why is that a super cool brand? Other than the fact that uh, Hank bitches and complains about getting highbrow beer in the middle of this episode. Because I have a bitchin' low and brow beer mirror that I bought at a thrift store in college on my wall? It, that's or exactly because it means why. lion brew? Or because uh, Fry drinks lowbrow brew in Futurama? There's so many good connections here, guys. All of them. Yeah. We're going to go with the fact that I am tan like like spiritually drinking with mark because uh almost guaranteed he's sitting in a think hole right now looking at that mirror and i've got my low and brow mug right here so we get to it's a spiritually cheers to that uh cheers, drinking out of buddy. my low and <laughs> low and brow stein um i the craft beer selection that they pose bill in the middle of this episode i just laugh very hard because Dale and Boomhauer have got like six different bottles. They're all fancy. Some of them have like weird little pop tops instead of screw tops and all this other yeah. shit. And I'm like, wow, this this was a big deal to you guys that there was all this different beers. You would your mind would be blown if you were any like if you walked into a gas station in Colorado right now, you would get four to five times the amount of beers you could have found in Texas, the entirety of Texas in 2018. Well, uh but that's the, that's the thing. I had to stop and like remind myself. Well, it's like, what the fuck? What's the, with the brand loyalty? So like the craft beer scene at this time was non-existent. Like there was yeah. Coors, there was Budweiser, and there was like Milwaukee Bush and PBR. Like 
Those were yeah. the big ones. Like two of the three were already a Budweiser property, and it you got to like step back and take a beat and remember when. Like, yeah, in two thousand and two, yeah. from the breweries that I know were around in Colorado, if you did, if you weren't drinking a Coors and you wanted a Colorado beer, you could get a fat tire from up in Fort Collins. You could go and get mm-hmm. something from um, oh my god, what's the other Fort Collins big brewery up there? New New Belgium fat or yeah, New Belgium. Um, shit, what is it? God, what do you think? You of? know which one I'm talking about. There's like six do, though. Now there's like six. No, no, but no, but there's there was one big one that's been around forever as well. Odyssey, um, um fat or no. New Belgium. Um, I don't know. Well, it'll come to us. Shit, it it will eventually. This so is my Luis Elizondo. Like we'll get there in a minute. Right. There was two up in Fort Collins that you could go to, and then there was um you could get uh Mama's Yellow Pills or uh Dale's Pale Ale. Oh Oscar Blues from Oscar Blues. From Oscar Blues, which was in Loveland in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh that was it in two thousand and two. Now Colorado is like the second or third state that has the highest number of microbreweries out there. Every single place has got one, if not five fucking breweries, including rural-ass Alamosa. Mark, how many breweries are in your town? Uh, we have Square Peg. We have Alamosa Brew Co. We have the Purple Pig, which I think is brewing its own. Um, there is Every Barrel pizza place does Del its own Nord. shit. Yeah, like... Fucking uh, uh, Ruby Slipper has its own amber. It's passable at best, and I don't mind it. Yeah, yeah like, everybody has their own beer at this point. After you and I cut this, make it. we're gonna go up to Salida and we're gonna go eat pizza and drink beer at one to two to three different pizza slash brew pubs, and they're all gonna be unique and different and great. Like, yeah, yes. And the other one I was thinking of is Odell. Odell is the one that's been around almost as long as New Belgium. Um. Anyway, we're gonna continue on with notes because I feel like I fucking need to. The point is, guys, drink more than just PBR Coors and Budweiser. All right, go ahead. Sorry, what? Yes. Th- no, there's enough out there that you don't need brand loyalty anymore. Um, Peggy has easily spent about $500 in swag because there is no way that they would have given all of that cool shit to her that's got Alamo branded on it because she is a temporary employee. They wouldn't have given it to her. They would have said, sure, you can buy it. But she's got like a fucking track jacket and sunglasses. and. Oh, I thought they were giving it to her as like... Hush swag money. I don't think so. Because they're dude, like, you get this little pin. If you shut up, you can get another pin. And then you get the little flashlight. So maybe like uh, Megan Mullally was like, oh, here, have another little pin. Like, I don't know. Anyway, maybe, sorry. Yeah. I don't know. I just like to imagine that if you or I got a job somewhere like Oscar Blues or or New Belgium, and they said, hey... Yeah, now you have access to our, our like specific only like corporate store. Do you want to buy a neon? Yes, I do. Yes, I do want a neon for my fucking thing, Cole. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, well, guess who's getting a Friday's health plan neon sent up to the German thing, Cole? There, see, there you go. Um, <laughs> I think a marked there, there's a very marked difference between race in this and last episode because they don't hit race as hard as this. Like, as hard as they were. And maybe it's because... I think... Yeah, I don't think it's hit as hard. I think that the Mexican people get almost ignored because this this entire series takes place in Texas. 
And most Texans don't give a shit about the Mexicans unless they're yeah, trying to take Yeah, because Mexicans are fucking invisible. And yeah, they're just taking yeah, their gerbs. They're, yeah. They're ev- they're everywhere. They don't care. They're just a part of of Texas. Okay, I so see what you're not, saying. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh and then honestly, so you and I are going to have a conversation here in a second, but cuz I couldn't think of one on my own and now I've had too many beers to think of one. So we're going to have to ha- have a spitball session. Uh the episode stakes at the end of this. I'm thinking of different series like The Simpsons, where when something big is done, then it stays that way. Like Lisa becoming a vegetarian. It stays that way. I think there should have been stakes like that at the end of this episode, and I think Hank should have stuck to his guns, and we should have gotten a different beer for the duration of this series. Alamo could have been the one for the first six seasons. We should have gotten something different for the next six. What do you think a good Texan beer name would be? The only one I can think of, like, in canon, offhand, is Guatemala. <laughs> Guatemala and Highbrow. Yeah, like, no, you need to have Alamo. Alamo is their duff. Like, Alamo is, we, we've talked before, Alamo is a recognizable brand name in a fictional situation. You can't get rid of it. Yes, and But no, then Hank though. is like, reconciled Hank at is... the end when they're watching that apology ad, and he goes, well, that's all I wanted. Was that so hard? Like, to me, that know. seems like their way of buttoning it up so that he can still drink Alamo. But I don't know. For me personally, I would have wanted them to see a little bit more of stakes for it. And you know what I, I want to see? Trying... I want to see the follow up to this where Hank and the guys decide to brew their own beer. Where Dale goes, okay. I saw this thing on the internet. We can brew our own. Like, this, okay. Not a two-parter. This is like a two-parter sub A1 kind of deal. In like three weeks, we're going to have a... Uh, uh, here, you know what? Here, this, we're going to go on a trip here really quick. I'm going to check the uh, fucking episode list. Um, this is Beer and Loathing. Um, oh, wow. We have returning Japanese in like two weeks, Johnny. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. This is no, Beer I'm and really Loathing. No, I'm really excited. Episode 16. Um, dang old love. Tangential to Boomhauer's plot of falling in love with who Reese Witherspoon or whatever, um, the guys are brewing beer, and maybe that's too far out. So fine, we'll do it in fun with Jane and Jane. And I know we got to kill emus in fun with Jane and Jane. <laughs> don't get rid of like, that B plot, man. I love that B plot. No, and I don't want to get rid of it. But you know what'd be really cool to see the guy. So Dale pops up in this episode at, or, or or next episode. So next episode, fun with Jane and Jane. They're all kind of drinking Alamo, and they're all a little sad about it. They're all kind of squirrely. And Dale goes, I was reading. You can brew your own beer. Dale, that's just asinine. No, look, Hank, all you need is a propane torch and a whatever. And, like, they do it. Then they brew their own. And then four weeks' time, then they start drinking uh, Rainy Street Pale Ale. Okay. And that might be a cool thing. And we don't have to talk about it after that, but, like... It's just the thing that happens. They brew their own beer, and we don't need to see them drinking Alamo because maybe they're kind of like, you know, you get bit by a dog. You don't hate dogs for all time, but you're not as, like, keen on them for a couple weeks, months, maybe years. And maybe that's it. And then one day, like, oh, well, my wart didn't come out, so I couldn't brew my own. It'd just be cooler. I don't know. Yeah. You, it, you know no, what? I'm, I'm really, and maybe I'm just, like, jumping around too much here, but you know the weird episode where Boomhauer's in Canada? Yeah. And he gets his idiot neighbor the personalized beer mug and then pours him an Alamo. It would be a cooler yeah. scene if he poured him a Rainy Street Pale Ale 
And he goes, why would I want this, eh? It's your stupid redneck hillbilly beer. Like, that would be a cooler <laughs> moment. It'd be cool yeah. to see. You could, like, compound on Dale's baking. You could compound on Bill's insane, like, barbecue capability. I'm done. I'm yeah. sorry. God, I, maybe I'm fucking drunk. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good, man. Uh, that was the end of my notes. Have we gotten into your notes yet? Honestly, I've had uh, quite a few myself, so I don't remember. Uh, we got into my notes. We can get into some pros and cons here, buddy. Mm, mm-hmm. All right, so pro number one. Oh, wait, no. Oh, I do have one more note that I didn't read off. Really, Peggy? Really? You've never been indignant in Spanish? Bullshit. I bet you call PBS and yell at them in Spanish. <laughs> About that crappy mug that, like, cut your lip. Okay, anyway, notes. Pros, here we go. Um, Think about that, Peggy. Death. Death. <laughs> Johnny, um, last episode, you and I were debating race and so forth, and you looked up at me, and I felt bad about myself because you gave me those basset hound eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just fucking boom every time. Little eyes. God every damn, that's time. a funny line. Um, that's my favorite moment. I'll save that. We get a triple spit take. Okay. Out of the guys. When he goes, the beer's poisoned or whatever. There were the beers was making you sick, and all three guys. That's great. Um, this is a very accurate representation of what real brew, like what real beer mega companies look like. I'm looking at you, Budweiser. Budweiser is goddamn evil, guys. Please. Yeah. I don't care what your brand loyalty looks like. Do not drink Budweiser. They're assholes. Budweiser purposely singles out the little guy, and then like goes and just goes for the neck and kills him. Um, the one that sticks out to me, and this is years and years and years ago, there was a brewery that was, it was an independent brewery on the East Coast, and they started producing a beer. It was essentially, they were making buzz beer, like Drew Carey does in the Drew Carey show. It's a caffeinated beer. Okay. And Budweiser said, all right, well, fuck you. We want your sales. So they produced their own line of Budweiser caffeinated beer, drove this little tiny brewery out of business, and then discontinued it because you should not be mixing uppers and downers. And we learned that lesson from Four Loco. But yes. right now, Budweiser is a goddamn monopoly, and we need to take them out back and shoot them in the fucking head. Um, Rolling Rock. Rolling Rock was its own brewery. And then yeah. Budweiser copied their recipe and said, hey, we've got your shit. Either you can fold or we can make you look like assholes. Which one do you want? And so the guys that ran Rolling Rock just sold to Budweiser. And yeah, it's American piss water beer. But god yeah. damn, dude, it is depressing as shit. Fuck Budweiser. That's my pro. This episode nails what evil breweries can look like. Go support yes. your independent brewer. Go to your local pizza joint. Go get a fucking glass of their local whatever the fuck it is. I bet it's amazing. Even if it's terrible, even if it's terrible, there's at least you're helping somebody and not like one guy who's the CEO of like 900 different companies. Yeah. Fuck Budweiser. Uh, allegedly. Fuck Budweiser. All of that was prefaced with allegedly. Or Budweiser comes <laughs> to fucking oblivion. I got nothing. Take my $10,000 in savings. I don't give a shit. Johnny, pros, go. Well, before I jump into my pros, I just want to say, um, the last time I worked in the liquor industry, which was not terribly long ago, within the last 10 years, the stat that I heard from somebody who was merchandising for us was that one out of every two beers sold in the entire country of America. So one out of every two sold in the whole fucking country was Bud Light. 
Yeah, that's, yeah. Not bud regular, not bud adjacent, bud light. So in case you guys are curious just how much of a stranglehold Budweiser has on the rest of, of the alcohol industry, specifically beer, one out of every two. 50% is one specific beer. It's why you see Bud Light everywhere. Count how many Bud Light commercials you see the next time you watch an NFL game. I'm curious. Just count. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, pros. Um, I love the passive aggression by the, the full-time teacher at Tom Landry Middle School when she's like, uh, yeah, we were oh, having yeah. issues with people. I thought that was hilarious because Peggy should know better. But at yeah. the very least, she owns up to it when she gets called on it. So good for Peggy with that, I guess. Um, <laughs> I like Hank's version of getting sexy with Peggy is that he's tempting her with the foot lotion. He's like <laughs> trying to get all suave with her and trying to get all in, in f- fancy and shit with her. And I'll go get the foot lotion. No, Hank. Absolutely not. They've done things you can't even imagine. Yes. And you've already mentioned it here. The biggest pro that I have for this whole episode is the scene and tableau with Hank sitting in the dark, having a beer, talking to Peggy and just sliding it across the table to her. That to me is like the most badass shot I have seen probably all season in this show. And yeah, they blew their animation budget on it. And God, it just feels so good. Whoever did the sound design for this also gets major props because- You've got that like weird dissonance in the background that makes you feel super uncomfortable because it's like, oh, Hank knows and he's calling Peggy out and he's going to call her bluff. And I love the the head down and head shake when he sees her drink it like, oh, you fucked up. And I know mm-hmm. you did. And you know you did. And come on, you know you're better than this. Just you dumb bitch, me. Peggy. Ooh, you goddamn bitch. Uh, Mark, <laughs> give me some cons. Cons. Um... For God's sake, it's PBR. You can't drink PBR for five fucking days. Okay. Um, that's not how recalls work. No. Uh, I used to work in a grocery store. We used to get recalls, I'd say, I don't know, every couple months. Really, the big one for produce was lettuce. Um, you get a single head of lettuce and make somebody sick, they send out a nationwide recall to anybody who might have gotten a head of lettuce out of that one specific yep. farm. And you have to pull it all off the shelf. You have to destroy it. And you got to put a bunch of signage up about, if you bought this lettuce, please do not consume it. We will give you a <laughs> refund. Yeah, um, don't get E. coli. Please don't sue yeah, us. Yeah, Meinhofer is openly being shitty and villainous, and that is not how it works. And I get it. We need to, like, whatever. It's, it's TV tropes. People don't know this shit. But that isn't how it works. That's, those are my cons. I don't have a lot of cons for this episode. I like this one. It was a good one. Yeah. You know what? I do um, have I a couple have cons. A... I do. I, I have a couple cons. Sorry. Um, I didn't write this down, but you kind of touched it, and then I got excited, and then you didn't go where I was thinking you were going to go, because you said that Mexicans are largely invisible to Texans, and you're not wrong. They're just there. Whatever. Um, the boys are real racist in this one. Talk don't to me about it. Don't get the taco. Explain. Uh, okay, okay. I like Dale's line of I'm not trying to be racist. This is the most beans I've ever seen. I really <laughs> yes. like that. That's funny. That's a good little bit, right? But then Bill going, can I eat this? No. Can I eat this? No. Can I eat this? No. Why? Fuck you. Like, I get it. Oh, don't drink the water. Montezuma's revenge. That shit's not funny anymore. Like, 
you know, Bill fucking is on Blanda. They have little taco cards that rolls around. And he probably goes and like pays for the guy's college, the kid's college. Like, yeah, I don't like it. It makes me, it pisses me off. Like Hank and is like, no, if you eat the Mexican food, you're going to get sick, Bill. <laughs> I, I think this one's more problematic than Man Without a Country Club, honestly. But yeah, that's me. But then, but then Hank has the line of like, and I forget the entire thing, and I'm paraphrasing here, but the one that sticks out to me is Americans are giving Mexicans diarrhea. God damn, man. Uh, right, where like, he's like, that's not a crime, but it should be. No, no, he talks about how topsy-turvy the world is. Yeah. And he uses, he has the phrase, Americans are giving Mexicans diarrhea. That's not cool, dude. Like, no. I don't know. And maybe it's like you're saying. I guess, like, we just don't see them because they're invisible to us. I don't... Or to them. You know what I mean? But that's... That was a sticking point for me. It didn't derail the episode for me, but, like, at the same time, like... No. They shipped the tainted beer down to Mexico. Fuck Meinhof for the fourth. He's a piece of shit. Like... Ugh. Can't get rid until, of product, bro. Yeah. Like, until you... Until they're directly affected by it, and they have La Diarrhea y La Vomitando, like... Ugh, it's gross. Anyway, cons. I'm done. I'm I'm done conning. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. Um, so I've got a couple here, and I'm gonna save my biggest one for last here. Uh, the first okay. one, Bill really has turned into a child this season, and that's not uh, that's mostly apparent to me when he says, "Don't blame the bananas. I ate more than all of you, peels and all." Yeah. Okay. What the fuck, Bill? Nobody eats a banana peel, and you already said it's essentially, you're like, come on, they come in their own wrapper. So you Mm -hmm. know that you're eating the fucking wrapper. Like, Bill, you fucking moron. Stop being this way. Um, My second big bitch here. It's an animation note. Why is Peggy pan frying Hank a burger? Why not? because they live in the fucking hill household and they use propane for everything. Now, granted, it's a propane range, 900%, but... <laughs> okay. No, you I You know what know. I mean? Um, like, because I like a grilled burger and I like a pan-fried burger. They're the same, but I, they're different, and they're both delicious. It's but true. But in different ways. It, it's true. It just, to also, me, it so, seems okay, weird. So today was Hank's day off, right? Like, because Peggy says, what yes. you do today? And Hank, oh, you know, nothing. Like... They they clearly drove down to Mexico, so like, I reckon that Hank doesn't. We do this in we do this in my house. Like now that I have a nine to five Monday to Friday job, it's kind of getting weird because like, it used to be if I didn't work, um, I wouldn't if I had the day off. I wouldn't cook that night for dinner because I'd usually get off by like two thirty, and then I could cook dinner when my lady got home in the that okay. night. But if we're both off, we're just like, yeah. Let's get something, let's do pizza, let's do something easy. Or, like, sure. so Hank has the day off, so Peggy's cooking dinner. That's, okay, but that's that's a weird point, though. I like it. I like that a lot, though. Yeah, it's it's just strange to me because I have never once seen in this entire series somebody eat a burger that wasn't cooked on a grill. Like, Hank <coughs> sells grills for a living. Okay, so my my biggest my biggest issue with this episode, my biggest con, is that earlier this season... We have definitive and marked down in the fucking Spanish legal system proof that Peggy's Spanish is so bad that she essentially got away with accidentally kidnapping someone. There is no fucking way she is getting a job as a bilingual interpreter. She's not an interpreter, 
She's bilingual in a call center. I still don't buy it because her Spanish is I buy is that a thousand percent. She bad. doesn't know what she only okay, but she knows words like vomitando y la diarrhea. But she can't say like the reason that this the reason that you're getting sick is because there's soap in the beer, like esta okay. jamón and la cerveza, like. So she can sit there, and it's a call center. They don't fucking care. They just need somebody yeah. to answer the phone, and they have her doing it. So she really can't glean any information. This is the perfect Peggy job. And then you pay her off in, like, Alamo swag? Oh, hell yeah. I don't know. I still don't buy it, so it's a con for me, but that's fair. Good enough. Um, that's okay. Mark, give me a favorite moment, unless you've got a retro rage, because I do not. I don't have a retro rage, and my favorite moment... Is the entire uh, Mercado scene? I like Dale going. I know I was just bitching about how it's kind of racist, but like <laughs> I like Dale going. I've never seen so many beans. And then I like Hank talking to the guy, uh, La Cerveza Alamo, and like miming the beer, and he just like lazily yep. points. And then the guys just all th- four of them. Oh, Randolph Scott! It's great. I love that whole little scene. How about you, buddy? Uh, I didn't really have one, but I I love Peggy's line of. Thank God it's Alamost Friday. <laughs> That's a good one. Because it's a God, dumb okay. fucking line. <laughs> I am so sick of people saying it's almost Friday to me. I'm like, we worked a four-day week this week. Shut the hell up. What are you mad about? Like, <laughs> Right? Like, come on. Come on now. Well, I don't buddy, get off about to... culture yet. <laughs> are we about ready to rate this guy? Uh, yeah. Did we... Oh, no, this is our last one. God damn it, I had a whole rating system. I should have taken it. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, let's rate her. What the fuck? God, John, we're hammered. I'm hammered. You're hammered. Please <laughs> I'm hammered. Please have good, another buddy. beer. Uh, it's 5.30 here, so. Yeah, but it's 9.30 here. Um, <laughs> it's fucking charcoal Saturday. The blue f- this is also true. Oh, yeah, it is. Hey, fuck you. It's, it's Saturday. Saturday. <laughs> Saturday. The Mambo King. Um, now I got the giggles. Uh, on a scale of charcoal to blue flame of valor, I'm giving beer and loathing a butane. It's fine. It's middle of the road. We're getting real, yeah. real sitcommy. There are no stakes for this. Um, there's no outcome for this. It's what you and I were bitching about, how like the guys yep. could have had another beer. They could have tried anything else. Um, Peggy got another job this week. Peggy is becoming Homer Simpson. I don't yeah. care. She's a substitute teacher. Her entire character is predicated on not having a job. And her whole character is predicated on temp gigs. So cool. We'll keep having her do temp gigs and I'm fine with it. I, whatever. Uh, middle of the road. I don't know. It, it's fine. There's some good gags. Um, yeah, I'm not going to turn it off if I see it again. How about you, buddy? Uh, so we're going to give it a two-tane then because I also gave it a butane. Plot holes aside, I just wrote it's an interesting episode. It's it's an episode. It doesn't have it any real stakes. There's yeah, there's nothing super long standing in this. Nothing affects the hills after this. You know, they never bring up the fact that oh, maybe we shouldn't drink Alamo or hey, maybe we're gonna try something different. Like I don't think they ever bring it back up again. We never hear about Conrad Meinhofer the Fourth ever again or any of that other shit. So it's just like okay. Cool. This was an episode. It's it's as Marge Simpson very famously said, um, it's an ending. That's that's it's all it ending. is. It's an ending. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, just like that, this is the ending of this podcast. Uh, but before we end it, Johnny, do you still like King of the Hill, buddy? Mark, I still love King of the Hill. How about you, man? 
Yeah, I still really like it. Love is a strong word, but I'm liking more than I'm hating, and that's what's that's all that matters to me. Hey, man, I love that. You want to tell them good people where they can find us? Uh, and no, absolutely. Uh, the good people of Internet Land can find us at Dangle Podcast on Twitter and on Instagram. They can email us at danglepodcast at gmail.com. They can find me at krautballstream on Twitter. That's kraut as in sauerkraut, ball as in Swedish meatball, and stream as as in the Platte River, where the grandest beer of all time, Coors Banquet, comes from. Mark, how about yourself? <laughs> you. Fuck Coors. <laughs> <laughs> it's no better than Budweiser, guys. They're just as fucking terrible. And they're owned by Molson. No. I will die on the hill of, like, Coors tastes better than Budweiser, but Budweiser doesn't give me the shits. So, <laughs> six to one, it's a net gain. <laughs> you make a better pot of chili with Coors than you Budweiser. That's what we'll go with. Um. You can find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter, or you can find us on our sister podcast, The Two Wizards Podcast, where me and my buddy Josh talk about a variety of weird and different sundry topics. And, uh, yeah, what's your favorite beer? Um, are you Asian and have been discriminated in your community by other Asians? I don't, I don't know. Come talk to us. We love you guys. Um, John, anything else? No, thanks guys so much for listening, and we will see you next week. See you next week, and in the meantime... Please have another beer.